Welcome, welcome, welcome to my podcast, Leaving Religion and Those We Leave Behind. I'm your host, Amanda Joy Loveland. As always, it is a privilege to be here with you today and really celebrating that this podcast is a top-ranked podcast. So thank you all for those that are listening and sharing and those that are leaving me reviews. If you haven't left me a review, head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and make sure and leave me a five-star review and continue sharing this. This podcast has been so helpful for so many people who are feeling alone and just struggling in those spaces that, you know, your foundation has is starting to fall away and you don't know where to go. So I appreciate all of you. Thank you. Thank you. And if you didn't hear my last podcast, I am so excited to announce that my 12-week relationship course launched this last week. If you are someone that is wanting to have a deeper relationship with your person or have a healthy relationship in general, I highly recommend you snag my 12-week course. This is a course you didn't know that you needed. And I know that sounds funny, but it's so true. The tools and lessons and meditations and guided journeys that I take you on are very healing and very powerful. And at the end of the day, when you have more wholeness within you, you attract that in everyone else that you are in contact with. You can always go deeper in your relationships. So head over to my website, amandajoyleveland.com forward slash relationship course. I will also have the link in the show notes here. And my retreat coming up in March 17th through 20th, it looks like I have about three spots left. So if you are feeling that call of needing some soul nourishment, needing to refill your cup, come unbind and unwind with us down in Springdale, Utah, where meals are provided. There's a 50 minute massage, optional yoga every day and experiences each day to connect to yourself and allow yourself to see into places that are asking for light. Again, head over to my website, amandajoyleveland.com forward slash unbind, and I'll add the link down below. And with all of that being said, I'm really excited to share with you my next guest who it, it's a great story with how we connected and getting to really sit with her in a vulnerable space as she shares her 17 year old perspective of religion. So I am sitting today with Sabi is Espinoza. Yeah. Beautiful. And you and I just kind of connect over social media. I know your yeah. older sister. Mm-hmm. I met her through a few camps and um, I invited you to come on for a few reasons. Do you remember what they were? Um, I said I didn't feel ready because I felt I had too much like baggage uh-huh. with the church. And so I didn't feel like I was ready and but I still was like, I was so excited. And then you were like, actually, I feel like you should really come on. And I'm like, you know what? She's right. And so. <laughs> well, do you remember why I asked you to come on? Um. Oh, a younger perspective? Uh-huh. Is that what it was? Yeah. You had messaged me a few times. And I think one of the times was after my son had yeah. come on. Yeah, yeah. And just really grateful that there was another youth perspective. Mm-hmm. And he's 19. And just some of the conversations that I felt... Usually I'll invite people when I feel inspired to. So it was, you know, just awesome that you're here and that your mom was on board with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you know where you want to start? Um, Are you born and raised in the Mormon church? Yes, yeah. I was. In Utah? Yes, in Utah. And all your siblings? Yes. Yeah. And you have seven siblings? Eight. I have seven siblings. Seven yes. siblings. Mm-hmm. And where do you fall in so I'm the third youngest. So I have two little sisters. And what, how old's the oldest sibling? The oldest is going to be 30 next year. So he's oh, 29. Yeah. Oh, how fun. Mm-hmm. So you were born and raised. Mm-hmm. Has your family always been active Mormon? Um, yes. So my dad converted. Um, I don't even know that whole story, but he converted when he was like 13. And then his whole family converted, yeah. married my mom. And then my mom's like ancestors are in the church, like her family's from Utah, all this stuff. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, they just kind of, um, since the first kid, they've always been in the church. Like, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So are you active Mormon now? No, I'm not. How long ago did you stop? Um, Probably a year now. Yeah. Around, like I've always 
for a couple years it's been iffy but mm-hmm. then i would say i finally like let go and let myself like be me uh probably for a year and what was the reason for that change i think it was i um i was just coming out of a really bad depression after i lost my brother and it was like a year or two of just like darkness mm-hmm. and like i didn't know how bad it was but now looking back i know how bad it was and I was just so, uh, just so clouded, yeah. like super depressed, fell asleep in class all the mm. time, couldn't focus, like. How long ago? Your brother took his life. Correct? Yes. When he was 16, I was 14. So in 2018. 14. And I didn't know I was going through it because yeah. I was 14. I thought this is just how life is. Life is just depressing because I was so young. Well, and, and you like, went through something super Yeah, hard. and I was just growing up and I'm like, oh, this is what the real world is like. The real world is depressing. And like last year when I started getting better and um, I don't know, I don't know what the switch was. It was a combination of a lot of things, but I started to, to feel clearer. Mm-hmm. I felt more like myself. Mm-hmm. And I realized that um, I don't need to run to the church, you know. I don't need something to like make me whole. I don't need something to to not hide, but um, yeah, run to. I don't need something to to like cloud what's truth. I don't need any of that because I'm strong on my own. Mm-hmm. I'm capable, mm-hmm. and like I'm I'm enough on my own. Mm-hmm. And just being in that state made me realize that maybe this isn't for me, you know? Yeah. And you don't remember what the shift was? No, I, well, like it was right. Um, like I got COVID last Christmas in 2020, uh-huh. right after I got out of COVID and was out of quarantine mm-hmm. and was like, wow, I'm so grateful to like be able to like go to work and like do this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then like after that, it just slowly, mm-hmm. I just slowly got better. And I, that's awesome. I don't know. It's just so like this uh, new year in 2022, I was like, wow, it's like been a year since I've like gotten better because yeah. before it was just a constant loop of just never being able to get better yeah, and be better. Oh, see, I think there's a gift. There's been a lot of gifts with this whole COVID stuff. And mm-hmm. some of it is I've, I've seen so many people communicating that not going to church actually created space for them to ask, oh, hey, you know, do I really, yeah. you know, my life actually is maybe a little bit better because mm-hmm. I've not been doing this or, yeah. you know, with your your story that you just shared. I think that there's been some really beautiful gifts in COVID coming in. And so that's cool that that kind of reset, it seems like your reality. Mm -hmm. And it hurts my heart that for however long you were just, this is how life is. This is how the world is. Floating around, just trying to survive every day. Oh, that hurts my heart a little. It hurts me too. I, 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 I've cried over my 14 year old self. I've like grieved her. Oh, good. I'm glad that you have. Yeah. That's very healing. That's mm-hmm. really beautiful. Do you feel like your older siblings and forging their own path and creating their own ways has given you permission to do the same? Um, yes, honestly, it's helped. It's been so two of my older siblings are Mormon, have their families. And um, I look at their families. I go and visit them. Mm -hmm. Um, every year I go take a trip to see one of them and I see how they run and their dynamics and stuff. And then I see my other older siblings who are more so young adults and they're, um, just, uh, they're not Mormon Mm -hmm. and they're doing what they want. And I just look at the two difference and yeah, I'd say it's like helped me to see. I think that's beautiful. As you were talking, I wondered if that was part of Mm -hmm. helping too with, having the courage sometimes it's nice to have older siblings that Mm -hmm. kind of go, you know what, I'm going to do things a little different. Yeah. And then this is okay. So as you and I have communicated, why, what has, I'm curious that there's still anger. If you have Mm -hmm. anger within the Mormon church, because your mom is still active. Yes. (laughs) So how's that whole dynamic with you not going and she's active? She's like I said, she's very, she adapts well. And so she, um, like she accepts and she's like, not sure if she accepts, but she, she still like doesn't agree, but she lets me be myself. Yeah. And she, um, so that's the only reason that it's like, okay, is cause my mom's so amazing like that. And so, um, yeah. That does sound like an amazing mom. Yeah. Mom, if you're listening to this, good job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that as parents, sometimes we get torn between, uh, 
um, especially as a Mormon, I grew up thinking that my children were a reflection of me. Yes. So if I didn't do certain things or if I didn't make sure my kids did certain things then it was a reflection on me. That's actually what we had a conversation about when, um, she finally like, uh, told me that she like really took me seriously as she was like, I thought that, um, she, I think she said those words. She's oh, like, really? I thought that you not being in the church was my bad, like my yeah. reflection. And then she turned it into the, some, some way that she, which is fine, but she was just like, oh, well, the older siblings got to be with two loving, like two parents who weren't divorced. Then you guys came and it was like divorce. And so that's probably why. And in her mind, that's mm. why we aren't Mormon anymore. Mm. But that's okay if she wants to think that way. Right. Because she still is like, like she still, I don't know. She's letting me be myself, even yeah. if she doesn't understand it, which she never will. Yeah. Um, it's okay. Yeah, she's supporting you and you, you being yeah. you, which yeah. I think is beautiful. Because mm-hmm. yeah, your mom did. At first she wasn't. She was yeah. like, yeah, I'm probably not on the podcast. And then you yeah. guys had a good conversation. Yeah, and- she just like, she just, it's not that she didn't believe me, but like I keep saying, she didn't take me seriously. She just yeah. didn't understand well, and even as parents, we're always doing the best that we can mm-hmm. with what we have. And every day we're learning. I've recently had some issues with my 16-year-old that's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it gets a little bit challenging, but I am digressing. What did you feel like as you were writing down and you were saying some things and you felt nervous to come on the yeah. podcast? What were the What was one of the points that you wanted to communicate as far as being young and going mm-hmm. through being Mormon and then choosing out. Mm-hmm. What's been some of the hardships that you've navigate navigated? I mean, there's, there's a lot, you know, like, it, like, you know, like with the church and in Utah, especially and being young, like there's so much, but, um, one of the things that, um, I've really been thinking about lately is like, uh, the difference between how Mormons believe truth works mm-hmm. versus how the rest of the world mm-hmm. sees it. And I feel like there's like a, that's like the battle going on between it because um, they are, they see truth in one way. Mm-hmm. This is the right way. This is the things you need to do mm-hmm. to be the most as perfect as you can be, this is the right path. You know, you don't want to fall down the wrong path. Um, and it's just crazy because I'm the type of person who really loves that. I want right or wrong, black and white. I really want the truth. Like I just really do. And so it was so easy to fall into it and just be like, yes, this is like, I'm so glad that I know the whole purpose of the universe at eight years old, you know, like, I'm so glad that I know all this stuff, like, this is perfect. But, mm-hmm. um, so once I found out that that truth was just someone else's beliefs on mine, it was really hard. When did you find that out? Um, over this year, just leaving and I don't know, I, I don't think it came all at once. Yeah. Just little things. Just little there. things where I was like, wait, that doesn't make sense. Once you take yourself out of the bubble mm-hmm. and you like see the, and you see the church from an outside view mm-hmm. instead of an inside view, then you see so many things and it's scary. And your perspective shifts. Yeah. Well, and truth is subjective. There's universal truths like that are true to everyone. Yeah. The sun rises as every day. As far as we've ever experienced, it mm-hmm. rises every day. Um, there's good in things that are bad about what we choose to do as human. That's probably a truth that we yeah. can all agree on. And then there's the subjective truths where mm-hmm. someone says, for in, for example, in Mormonism, if you do this, then this will happen. That's a truth that they believe in, yeah. but that's not necessarily a universal truth. But it's told to you as, as truth. Yeah. As the only truth. Yeah. And so that's why I think I just like finding that out was like a, I, now where do I go? Yeah. What do I hold on to? What's going on? How do I trust anything? (laughs) 
You know what I love about all this, Abby, is mm-hmm. that you're 17 years old asking these questions. And when you have curiosity about life, the answers that get to come into you and the truths that you get to hold that are just yours, that mm-hmm. are uniquely yours, set you so much further ahead of most of the rest of us mm-hmm. that were stuck in Mormonism or chose into Mormonism as long as we did. You at a young age gets to start really cultivating what that looks like. And that is exciting to me Mm -hmm. for you. It may not feel exciting right now. That's interesting because lately I've been feeling like I'm behind. And so to hear that is just... (laughs) You're not behind at all. And that's the thing that's beautiful. You chose chose on a soul level, I believe, if you believe in multiple lives, which I believe, Mm and um, you and I can have a lot more conversations about this. On a soul level, we choose into our family system, including religion. And there's things that it, it has taught you most likely. Yeah. If so, asking you that question right now, what were some of the beautiful things that you actually gained from being Mormon? I definitely. Well, I've always questioned everything, but now I'm thinking maybe that was because I grew up in that church. Oh. If I, um, well, you didn't, know, Mormons are taught to seek. Yeah. And so everyone, like, growing up, like, when I was super adamant in the church around, like, 12 years old, I'd ask all these questions and, like, and they're, they loved it. Like, all my teachers, like, they're like, oh, Sabrina's so amazing. She has all these questions. Like, she's such a deep thinker. She's all this. She's all this. And then taking that and putting it somewhere else has helped me. Mm-hmm. But then seeing that they don't like that as soon as it doesn't fit into their... yeah their belief system, then it's like, well... When was the first time you experienced that, where somebody didn't like the questions you were asking? Well, so, like I said, I like I love um, very intimate conversations. It's how I have fun. And so I have this best friend, mm-hmm. um, and she's still my best friend. She's been with me through hell and back. And I'm very close to her parents and they're Mormon. And her mom was actually my young woman leader. And um, yeah, so they saw me super into the church and then they saw me leave. But I, uh, they're like my most trusted adults in my life. So Mm -hmm. I go to them for lots of questions, especially her dad. And as soon as I started shifting to, um, and soon as I made up my mind that I didn't want to be in the church and started saying like my opinions aren't differently than that mm-hmm. and had my own mind made up about that, then it was bad. Mm. And I was looking for bad things in the church and I was questioning the wrong things. Is that what he communicated? Yes. Mm. And that I was, yeah, only looking for the bad, influencing others to look for the bad, but before it was good. Yeah. And now it's bad. Mm. And so that was really, that was when I was like, I thought I thought I was good, you know? Right. I thought I was okay. I thought that like I was doing the right thing, but now it's not the right thing. And it's so hard to take the people you love the most and the people you trust the most and say, no, I'm going to trust myself. It's the hardest thing I've ever done, the mm-hmm. hardest decision of my life because I'm very unsure of myself and I'm working on it. But this is like, I mean, I must not be that unsure of myself if I can... You have a lot of courage. Yeah, take all of my most trusted adults, everyone in my life who loves me, who has been through with me through my brother's loss and all this stuff, take all of them, all their opinions, all their beliefs and say, you know what? I don't want that. Yeah. I'm going to trust in myself. So in shamanism with the hummingbird, the hummingbird represents the direction of the north Mm -hmm. and it represents our ancestors. But the hummingbird medicine and what it teaches us is the hummingbird takes this unimaginable flight when it migrates across oceans that scientists cannot figure out how they can even make this journey Mm because their little wings are so little, small, and there's no food along the way. Mm -hmm. And yet they make this unimaginable journey. And so the hummingbird teaches us to follow the soul's call, even when we don't know the direction. We don't see the shore, the shoreline yet. Yeah. But you, Savvy, are taking that soul's call of, I don't know what's here, but I have to answer that soul's call of taking this unimaginable, taking that leap mm-hmm. when you can't yet see the other shoreline. Yeah. And that scary. takes a lot of courage. And I, again, I'm just so, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm <laughs> so excited for you. So how have you, who has... 
how do I want to ask this question? So you have these trusted people in your life that are mm-hmm. now getting put kind of to the sidelines. Cause yeah. so who, what are you doing? What are you doing to find your compass? Oh, uh, Oh, like what's leading me? Yeah. Yeah. That's a hard question. Right. Because it's like, Oh, well now that I don't have this foundation, where do I go now? Yeah. Um, lots of different things. I'm trying not to, um, indulge myself into something else because that would be like getting a new religion. Right. And mm-hmm. then I would just be going off someone else's beliefs. So finding my own beliefs has been really hard <laughs> and I've caught myself like trying to, trying to build something on someone else's. Cause I've always been like that. I've always asked other people. I've always like trusted other people over myself. Yeah. So trying to like stay away from that and like stay with me, but obviously the little things are good to have to like mm. build yours. And so I have, um, Gabby, my yeah. therapist that I love and she helps good. me a lot. Koa, um, my family, uh, my best friends, Good. Just Even the ones things. that are Mormon, they're still... Yeah, my best friend Haley, the ones whose parents that mm-hmm. we had that, she's still my rock. Like, we're just... She's my everything. And I have other friends, too. I have a friend who um, left Mormonism when he was, like, 13. And he's been my rock through all of this. Oh, and, like, great. I trust him to, like, when no one's on my side, to, like, have talked to him and mm-hmm. him... Um, reassure something that no one else that mm-hmm. I know will reassure because everyone yeah. I know is Mormon. Yeah. So that's been, that's been really healing. Well, that's good. And I'm excited you're coming to my retreat. Oh yes. Yes. I'm, I'm super saving ex- up for that. I'm super excited. I know. I'm excited for that too. Cause this is, you know, and, and as we, as you're letting go of these old truths and letting go of these things mm-hmm. that weren't your truth and you are seeking for that new truth and you get to have different experiences and different conversations and different yeah. pieces that as you're talking to people, you get to, and going to your sessions and going to therapy, yeah. you get to have that imaginary box that an author that I read all the time talks about, I want you to just have your imaginary box and anything that doesn't fit, you just put it in there. Mm-hmm. Cause then you get to have your filters and you get to decide what feels true yeah. no matter what. Yeah. Even if it's somebody that you totally look up to and they seem mm-hmm. like they have their shit together yeah. and they know the things it's like, and okay, I like this part. I don't mm-hmm. like that part. I like this part. I don't like that yeah. part. It's hard. I would go to people just like in my church, seminary teachers, just like my friend's parents. I'd go to people and be like, maybe they have all the answers, you know? Yeah. Maybe I'll just ask them and they like, oh, this person's so smart. Like I'll get all the answers from them. And Gabby's like, no one else has the answers. They're mm-hmm. all inside of you. And that was really hard for me to hear for some reason because yeah. I was like, how? Yeah. I've never been able to answer my own questions. It's you know, well, when all the answers are inside of you, that means you get to take radical accountability for your life. Mm-hmm. That means everything and anything that you do, you're the one who is accountable for it. Yeah. And I think that's sometimes why there's a part of us that wants to lean on someone else because mm-hmm. it's easier to blame someone else, like the Mormon church. Yeah. They taught me this and this and this, and holy cow, I'm really angry about it. And you yeah. get to go through those processes, and that it's like a death process where yeah, you get to mourn. Sure. And then it's like, and I chose into this, and this is what it taught me, and now I'm moving mm-hmm. to this place. So with your brother's death, how was that in the Mormon religion? Was that challenging? Oh, it was hard. I um, I hope you don't mind me asking. No, no, you're good. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I thought it was good. I thought the Mormon church, I'm like, oh, my brother died? Good thing I have the Mormon church, you know? Mm-hmm. Don't even got to be sad about it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh, that type of energy that, that that it just gives off. It's just like, oh, you'll see him again. It's fine. Yeah. He'll go through the temple. Once he's through the temple, like once we get his endowments done, he'll be okay, you know? And um, so I thought that was great. Um and then it was also triggering going and like here having like some seminary lessons about like suicide or stuff like that. And mm-hmm. like having, you know, just, I don't know. Anyway, what I want to say about my brother Isaac in the church is when I started to leave my best friend, um, she, she was, um, she's like, how do you feel now that you left the church with Isaac? And she was crying cause she was having her own doubts. And she was like, how do you deal with that? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you leave the church and deal with your brother's death? kind of saying that like like the church is the reason that and I thought the same thing or it gave you safety almost yeah yeah. Yeah. and I thought the same thing so yeah yeah. and that's when I realized that 
I don't need the church to help me grieve. Like I am closer to my brother now than I ever was before. And I don't feel any uncertainty about my brother with living, leaving the church. I feel more certain that I'm with him. Mm -hmm. And so that was just crazy for me to be like, oh, like I don't need this in Mm -hmm. my life to, to heal me and stuff. I can, I can do it myself. Mm -hmm. I am doing it myself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I guess again, that goes back to that. This isn't, the Mormon church doesn't own the market on universal truth and their doctrine is not universal truth, even though that's what they believe. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. That's what they want to believe in the Catholic church. There's people Mm -hmm. that have their universal truth in it or which part surprised you. It surprised me that I was okay Mm -hmm. with my brother's death without the church. Yeah. I am more okay with it without the church. Mm Mm-hmm. And that surprised me a lot because that's the complete opposite of what I thought my yeah. whole life. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So do you have um, anger and resentment towards the church right now? Yeah, I am i don't think I do. Like, I think I'm fine. And then all of a sudden I'm like so angry and it all dates back to this stuff. Um, so I'm working on it, trying really hard to... Yeah really be accepting because people who are Mormon, that is their truth, you know, yeah. just like this is my truth. That is their truth. And you yeah. have to be accepting of that. It's just hard when their agenda is pushed on you. And yes. I just don't like how like a little girl can go up to the podium and be like, I believe in Joseph Smith. I believe in this church. I believe in the prophet and she's praised. And then a little girl, not, I don't know why I'm saying little girl, <laughs> a girl goes up to the podium and says, I'm, I know this isn't true and that's my truth. Yeah. It's wrong. You know? Cause that's not what is held within those, that place yeah. and those walls yeah. and that yeah. church building and that mm-hmm. church building is there to worship that religion. Yeah. So if you go up, it goes against their narrative and what would be the purpose in that? Yeah. You know? And that's hard to, to figure out that they had a purpose. I thought their purpose was just being happy and going to heaven and, you know, but there's so many different purposes, and if it's not for you, it's not for you. Yeah. So what did you write down that you wanted to make sure that you communicated? Well, I thought I would have one or two, and I ended up having pages. But, oh, one of them was was uh, self-love. Oh, yeah. Is I really wanted to touch on the fact that I found so much self-worthiness in myself after leaving, mm. and it it surprised me as well. Um, just being able to trust yourself and not an outside source, mm-hmm. being able to be like, I have the power to do this. Within. Everything's mm-hmm. within me instead of everything's with him. Everything's yeah. with God. Mm-hmm. Instead of like, I need to be like God to have blessings. It's, I just, I can have, I don't know how to word that, but that brought so much confidence and self-love and that surprised me do you feel like that illusion of perfectness within the mormon church Mm -hmm. shifted to uh, i can be imperfect and still have for sure i had lots of guilt and shame just um not before my brother died interesting but after my brother died and i was in a really bad place Mm -hmm. i'd go to these lessons literally about self-love in seminary Mm -hmm. and i would come home feeling like shit Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and that wasn't their narrative. Like, they didn't try to do that. But because of the bad place I was in, I would take their, oh, God's so amazing. God can heal you and shift it to a negative view of myself because yeah. I was in such a low point. Yeah. I guess. Well, because you're in a low pl- point, you probably made that, okay, I must be doing something wrong. Yes, yes. I never felt good enough. I remember I would have these, we'd have these lessons about like compassion. Mm -hmm. And one of them was like, God gives us trials to give us, God gives us trials so we can be more compassionate. And I remember sitting there like, oh my God, if I had been more compassionate, my brother would still be alive. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't the purpose of their lesson. Right. But that's just... That's how you personalize it. That's how you went, we all have our filters and the Mm -hmm. way we receive information. You know, the the interesting thing, piece about God is God is taught in so many different forms. And yet the very definition of God, when you unwind all of it and you go to a higher perspective, God can't be biased. Yeah. God doesn't punish one person and reward another. That would be an impartial, uh, partial Mm -hmm. God and God is impartial. And so I find it super ironic 
that a we buy into this idea of God and religion, and that we then think that everything in our world is because God is somehow punishing us. And in yeah. all reality, it actually probably has more to do with us as a collective species mm-hmm. and whatever. The and it destroys and that yourself for mm-hmm. some reason. And it's like, oh, it's my fault. God's not with me. I oh, it's going to make me strong. It's just yeah. like this interesting excuse. Oh, God only gives you things you can yeah. handle. And yeah. You know, and that's fine if mm-hmm. that's what serves people. But I find it super ironic that um, we hold on so dear to this idea of a of a partial God. Mm-hmm. What is your relationship with God since you've left? Has it shifted? Yeah, it has. Um, honestly, I'm not so sure. I do know that. Here's the thing. I. It's crazy to me because. Um, when I tell people I left the church, like when I tell, they're like, oh, well, now it's your relationship with God. Now it's this. And it's like, I'm finally okay with not knowing yeah. how stable the relationship is. Yeah. Whereas if in a religion, they're like, well, you need to know this. You need to know this. You need to meet these these beliefs, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And for the first time, I'm okay with not knowing. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with like, which I'm never okay with not knowing. I want to know everything. And so I it's interesting that I'm okay with being like being okay with what I do know. Yeah. Which is what I was trying to do for so long. And I know that God's real and I know that I felt God and I know I felt my brother and I know that there's good things. I know like I know enough as of right now. Of course I want to know more, but I know enough to be okay. Mm. And that surprises me as well. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. Going back to that moment where you made that choice, like, okay, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Can you, do you remember what kind of led up to it and what gave you the courage to say, okay, I'm just, I can't do this anymore. I'm not doing this anymore. Hmm. I feel like I went back and forth for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I would imagine you did. Yeah. <laughs> Especially being as young as you are. Cause yeah. that was 16 then. Yeah. Um, you know, like I had my doubts. I started getting better. I had some realizations. I stopped going to church and I went to work on Sundays instead as an excuse. Um, and that helped being away from the church, but I was still in seminary mm-hmm. and I'd go to my seminary teacher with all these questions and stuff. And I realized while I was talking to him that nothing he says is going to make me want to stay. Yeah. Nothing like, cause he was, he's an amazing guy. He was an amazing teacher, super honest, like really nice guy. And I thought he had all the answers because I try to find Mm -hmm. people who have the answers. And I realized that he's not getting me anywhere. Yeah. And that I'm not, I don't want to stay. Mm -hmm. He's not going to make me stay. Mm -hmm. Like this is my last string and it's, it's breaking. Yeah. Which is a bad thing for a lot of Mormons. Like that guy, my seven teacher was probably like, I have to keep on to her. And then, and then I left and then, um, And then I was doing fine and I was figuring things out. Gabby helped a lot. I was like, okay, everything's good. And then I started going to seminary again with my friend because I had home release Mm. and I just love being around her. So I was like, oh, well, let's see how seminary is now, now that I have different views, now that I have different. And then I'd get more confused because now I'm like, (laughs) now the questions are back and I don't even like the questions. Why do people say the questions are good? I'm like scared and I'm doubtful (laughs) because everyone's like, I love your questions. I'm like, I hate them. And so- Why did you hate them? Because they were not- I was searching for something and I could never find it. I knew I was going nowhere. Yeah. And everyone was telling me like, no, you'll get somewhere. You just got to build the foundation of God and what you believe in. And you got to read the Book of Mormon cover to cover and you'll get somewhere. But deep down, I knew that these questions weren't getting me anywhere. Mm-hmm. And no one else knew that. No one else in the church realized that. They just thought I was being insightful and I'll get there soon. And like, I'll be some great young woman leader. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, just when I found out there was no answers in the church for me. Yeah. So have you found those answers since? Um, I found more answers. I feel better. I feel like I can get those answers. Um, What is one of the questions that has been looming that you haven't had an answer to yet? Is there one? Looming about the church or about anything? Spirituality. What's next? Hmm. 
It's okay if there's none. I was just curious. Yeah, I just, I have, like, they come up, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I'm constantly, mm-hmm. constantly in this constant crisis of why am I here, who am I kind of thing, um, which is a good and bad thing. And it's a beautiful thing. It's curious, mm-hmm. being curious. Yeah. I guess one of the biggest things is, like, why are we pretending, you know? Like... <laughs> I love that. Why are we (laughs) pretending to what? To, I just, I've always wondered why, why we're, like, if we know it's not important, why are we making it important in just everything? Yeah. Just how everything runs. That's so vague. Life life in general. Life in general, yes. Like, nothing we do really matters in the grand scale So why aren't we focusing on what does matter? What does matter to you? I guess that's true. Everything matters differently to different people. But to me, this matters, you know? To me, what matters is growing and and being yourself and finding yourself and self-love and all. That's what matters to me. Yeah. And it sucks when that agenda doesn't match with the rest of the world. But I guess that's just how... I would think that that what matters to you matters to most of us. Mm -hmm. For me, I mean, I completely understand what you're saying. I had an awareness once several years ago where I could see that I traveled to the void. If you, for my listeners, if anybody knows what that means, and I could see that nothing that we did mattered. Yeah. Especially if you believe in reincarnation and multiple Mm -hmm. lifetimes, that each experience is just for experience. Each life is just for experience, good or bad. Yeah. Because they both teach us. They both grow and cultivate things within us that we wouldn't have without going through that experience. And especially if you're working with Gabby, I'm sure you've Mm -hmm. gone through a lot of these things where you get the gifts. You get the gifts and what that lesson taught you. And when we start kind of shifting and scaling back to recognizing that in some ways we're just a character and that we're not even this, yeah. you know, we're just a character in this big old play. It can get sometimes a little depressing, like, well, then what the hell is the point? Mm-hmm. And the point is then we get to choose what we want to create and what is yeah. important to us. And for me, following my soul and my soul's call is really important to me of feeling like I'm making a difference in the world. And to you, it's seeking and growing, which is similar to me. I Mm -hmm. love learning and growing. Just today, I had some stuff that I'm like, it's blowing my mind. I'm like, how did I not know this yet? And I love that. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love unraveling and decoding what we have been taught for so long. And a lot of things we have been taught, even about our history, is not even accurate. And it's just interesting to unravel. Yeah. So what else is something that's in that book that you wanted to share? Um, let's see. <laughs> and I love that ended up being pages. I think it's very therapeutic <laughs> to write. One of the things is people would tell me that I was taking the easy way out. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting because this yeah. is much harder. <laughs> right? That's, that's what I was trying. Well, I take that back. I think that staying in something that your soul is screaming at you to leave is hard. Yeah. But I think it takes a lot of courage, especially mm-hmm. at a young age. I think really, I mean, it took a shit ton of courage for me to leave when I did yeah. and to take all my kids out. And well, I didn't take all my kids out, but you know. Mm-hmm. Take- well, I just, people would say, oh, well, you don't want to take the time to get to know God and get to know the truth. You And I'm like, that is exactly the opposite. Like, you right. know me. You know that I want the truth. You know that's the most important thing to me. So why would you say that? Yeah. And uh, like, and you realize that's more of a reflection of them, right? Because, and this is why I titled this podcast and those we leave behind. Because it's really fascinating what you're leaving, especially mm-hmm. because everybody was so happy that you're in. And I mean, for a lot of different reasons, and you're asking these beautiful questions and people to them, they can see that choosing to be in the Mormon religion leads you to God, to mm-hmm. the celestial kingdom, to eternal families, da, 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 da. And you stepping out this amazing, beautiful young woman that really wants to have a relationship with God, it'll start making them question their beliefs. Well, what do I believe then? That's a hard concept for me to grasp because Mm -hmm. in my eyes, um, I'm the uncertain one, not everyone else. So, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I guess so. And they're adults. I'm a kid. So, you know, it was hard for me to to believe that maybe they're just scared. But 
Yeah. Maybe they are. Maybe it's forcing them to question. I think it's really mm-hmm. interesting for them that's taking the easy way out, which is a super, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Naive comment for anyone mm-hmm. to make. And it makes them feel better for you choosing out to say that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. Because I'm like, why would, why would I want to like feel like the odd one out because Mm -hmm. you know in Utah why would I want to like disappoint my mom be in eternal disappointment and be a missing chair in the celestial kingdom how is that easy how is that the easy way you know and so yeah it's just hard well and you're stepping out of the tribe there's this thing Mm -hmm. called tribal law where you're stepping out of the tribe and it is it is hard it's hard to do and it takes a lot of courage and that's amazing I'm just Mm going to keep echoing that that that's amazing you've done this that you've made this choice and that you're here. You're an amazing young, young woman who's ve- very wise beyond her years. Thank so you. even when you're talking to an adult, there's some <laughs> adults that are very childlike yeah. and some young women who have a lot more wisdom behind them than their years. Mm-hmm. What else is what you something you wrote in? Um, another thing Gabby taught me a lot um, that was good for me is that just like the power is in me. Yeah. Um, and so... Kind of like how I was saying, like, run to, like, I feel like I'm missing, especially, like, after my brother and stuff, I felt like I was missing, and I, so I run to something to, like, bring me that, Mm -hmm. finding out that I can do that myself, and that God isn't outside of me, Mm -hmm. Um, something, something that was really big, and, like I said, brought me a lot of confidence, brought me a lot of self-love and stuff. Well, even that ability, when you start cultivating more and more of that, that's within, I don't know if you, can you, have Mm -hmm. you been able to start learning the difference of filling that connection within versus what it was before? Yeah. Can you feel the difference? Yeah, I can. Where do you feel it in your body right now with having it within Uh, right, like heart space? Yeah. The high heart? I think so. Yeah. No, the thing Like I said, I just. (laughs) Don't doubt. It's perfect. Yeah. I think that it is, even for the grown-ass people that are on this show, mm-hmm. would just echo the same thing. God goes from being external to all of a sudden very internal, yeah. very personal. And it's crazy. Very <laughs> intimate, which mm-hmm. means at any time then you can tap into that connection yeah. and have church, I don't care where you are, yeah. and have a conversation with God anywhere. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be in the temple. You don't have to be at church. You know, It's like, I can cultivate that anywhere and mm-hmm. at any time. That's amazing. Yeah. What else? Um... That's how many pages you wrote? No, this is my whole journal, but um Well no, just where you flipped to versus oh, where yeah, you were. Where That's a lot. Before. Good for you. Um, but was here's it something was it healing I, writing down all of that? Yeah, it was I thought it was helpful. Um some of the other things that um I was told after leaving is um that um that I wasn't going to do as well spiritual-wise. Um, I was going to be more lost. And that I'd be like, I was like, Mom, you're going to look at me like I'm not successful. And she was like, no, I don't, you're not, I don't mean like that. I mean like spiritually you won't be as successful. And I was like, no, that's what I mean. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I was afraid of. Yeah but there's nothing I can do to change that. That's, that's bigger than me, mm-hmm. which is hard to realize too. Um, and I've also been told that I was never really in the church. And so I can't make the decision to leave or not because I don't know enough, hmm. which really offended me because I was so into the church. Yeah. So like that, uh, that would be offensive. Yeah. It, yeah. it brought everything it it was me. It, it was everything I believed in. It was everything I held on to. Yeah. So to be told, well, have you even read the Book of Mormon cover to cover? And then I have to be like, well, no, not cover to cover. And then it's like, oh, well, that's why. You know? Yes. And now that I'm like, if my mom sees me struggling, she's like, it's because you need God. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's got to be hard. Yeah. Because <laughs> I there is a part of all of us that when we leave, that when we're struggling in the back of our heads, it's like, oh, our family or whoever's mm-hmm. like, oh, 
I told you so. Yeah. It's because you're not Mormon. Yeah. And it's it's just old programming and old mm-hmm. things that were, and it's not true. And it makes me doubt myself. And then it's yeah. like, I'm already doubting myself so much. Yeah. It's already the hardest decision I've ever had to make. So, but they don't, it's, they don't realize they don't, they don't, I don't think they mean harm. No. And it's like, you can't see the forest for the trees. Mm-hmm. So when you're in the forest and you're seeing you're in the trees, you can't see the bird's eye view because you're there mm-hmm. looking at the tree. Yeah. But when you step out of the forest, you can see every single tree and the leaves and the way the texture is and the way the wind that hits the leaves. Mm-hmm. That's what it is like when you step out of Mormon, the Mormon religion. Yeah. You go from a one perspective to something completely different. And those that are still in can't see what you see. It's so frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> well, and for you, it's got to be frustrating because you have a mom that's that's active Mormon. And, yeah. and then you get to navigate that. And I think mm-hmm. you're doing such a beautiful job. And I'm sure it's challenging at times of wanting to feel supported and wanting to feel loved no matter what, which mm-hmm. I'm sure your mom does. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm excited for you. I'm excited and scared for me. <laughs> yeah. What part feels scary? Um. The biggest thing, again, is just learning how to trust myself again. Like, I feel like I feel like I could trust myself when I was little, and then it just, you know, slowly through experiences, through everything. Um, and it's like one of the hardest things for me. And I know that if I don't get past this, I'm not going to have as much control in my life, you know? Who says you have control now? I don't know. I want control. I always want so much control over everything. Why? I don't know. I just, I can't let go of things. It's okay. One of the biggest thing for me is it's been hard for me to accept things, and especially with my brother. It's like, nope, that did not happen. I don't want to accept that. But it's also with everything else too. Yeah. Just like that. Oh, I have class today. No, I don't. I'll just stay home. Just like the <laughs> running away kind of coping well, mechanism. There's a lot of things underneath that. But one yeah. of the reasons why a lot of us want to control is a safety mechanism. Yeah. Safety is another thing that I'm very much struggling with. Yeah. Well, and I don't I don't know where it comes from yet. That's okay. You're young and mm-hmm. you've and you'll figure this out. And the reality is is you can trust yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had an answer. You knew that I'm going to leave. And mm-hmm. it's led you on this path where I don't know how I was okay with this. And I don't know how I was okay with that. Yeah. And you have been. Mm-hmm. And that was trusting yourself and letting go of control. Mm-hmm. And in that, there was some beauty that sounds like came from that. Yeah. I gotta so, let go of a lot of control. <laughs> yeah, because you're stepping into the unknown, mm-hmm. and and it's it feels so dark sometimes. I remember I was feeling I was really questioning things after I'd gone to seminary, and I remember I was scrolling through your podcast late at night, and then there's there's this one about trusting yourself that you just did, mm. and I just listened to that, and that helped a lot. Oh, that's good to like just redirect my mind again. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it is this, the idea that we have that we can't trust ourselves is just silly. It's Mm -hmm. part of our human design. It's part of our birthright that we do have our inner wisdom and our inner knowing. And the reality is, is we can't choose wrong. Mm -hmm. Any choice that we make is leading us on a path that's creating something. And to go back to what you were saying that, you know, why are we taking this so seriously? Nothing matters. Then it doesn't matter what choice you make. If, especially yeah. when you're starting to follow your heart and following what feels right, it doesn't matter. There's no right or wrong. And I think a lot of the right and wrong, I know you were saying you like the right or wrong. Yeah, I want the black and white. I want to know. I guess that's another thing with control. Like I want there to be. Nothing is black and white. And I hate that. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I just, I don't want to live in delusion. I don't want to live a lie. I don't want what to. What if that is the lie? What? The black and white, right and wrong. <laughs> wow. You're right. That is, that is what. So why do I want it so bad? It's why part of the I... control and the safety. Yeah. And part of it too is your your foundation is somewhat yeah. crumbled. And so you're wanting to hold mm-hmm. on to the pieces. Yeah. That and still I was so solid. used to there being a black and white. Yeah. My whole life there was a black and white. But you get to decide what is black and white to you. Mm-hmm. This is where my moral compass is. This is what ethics and morals feel. And you're still young. So you get mm-hmm. to figure that out. Hey, this, I like this part of the Mormon church with how I'm going to own my sexuality. 
whatever. Yeah. I'm just throwing that out there because I was just reading a post about that. Or I really like how Gabby was teaching me this. This feels like truth to me. This mm-hmm. feels like right. This feels like wrong, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But when you start unwinding all of this and everything is just for experience, everything. Then there is no right or wrong. Possibly. <laughs> then there's no need for anger because... If you start having compassion, yeah, compassion for yourself and everything that you're choosing and right, recognizing that everything is a choice, mm-hmm. then the world starts becoming a softer and easier and fun place because then you get to really create a world of magic and fun and joy because it's a choice and you get to have compassion with yourself and with others, recognizing everyone is doing the best they can with what they know yeah. and with what they have. Mm-hmm. So are you. And then tomorrow you'll know something different and it will shift. However you decide you want to walk in the world and then it'll shift again and then it'll Mm -hmm. shift again. And today God looks like this, but tomorrow God can look different, you know? And allowing ourselves the grace and the humanity of being human and that we don't always have to have the answers all the time, like you shared earlier, I think that's beautiful. Yeah, it did. I did say that I felt better not knowing. Yeah. But then there's also a part of me that's like, needs to know everything. It may be part of your Mormon roots. Yeah. And that's fine. It takes a lot of people a long time to unwind um, and unbind. That's partly why this retreat is called Unwind and Unbind. But um, those old holdings, mm-hmm. you know, if you've been working with Gabby, I'm sure she's helping you and moving yeah. that. but. We energetically actually have anchors and hooks that are created in our energetic anatomy that's connected to baptism, to blessings, to all sorts of things that create these veils, these hooks that hold old belief systems. And we don't really recognize this is why I still want everything to be black and white, Mm -hmm. right and wrong. It's like, oh, well, that made me feel safe because I felt safe in the Mormon church at one point in time. Right. I feel safe with black and white because then I know where I'm going. There is no unknown. And so why did I completely choose the unknown? I don't know. But I like it better. Because your soul is pushing you towards that and you're Mm -hmm. following your soul's call. And that is beautiful. Never thought about it that way. (laughs) Is there anything else in your book you want to make sure and communicate? Not really. I kind of just wrote the same things, but in different words. Yeah. Was there anything else that you'd like to offer for anyone listening to of support, of help, or advice that you've learned along the way so far? Um, I guess just for so long, I don't know if everyone has this, but like I said, in those lessons in church and those things, I was just so convinced that I was bad. Yeah. I don't know why, but I didn't realize it. Like I didn't, I am bad. I never said that to myself, Yeah. but I had this belief that I was bad. I wasn't good enough. Because you weren't happy? Because I, I wasn't as, I wasn't Christ-like enough. I wasn't, uh, what, what showed you that you weren't Christ-like enough? What was your, your evidence in the world? Do you remember what showed me that I wasn't Christ-like? I guess I just pictured me myself, like my whole, it was more of a shame thing. Yeah. I myself am not. And they kind of narrate that. You're like, you are not worthy to be by God, to be in the sight of God. You will be worthy with God. You know how they would kind of. Mm -hmm. They do. There's a lot of manipulation within the doctrine. And depending on whoever's teaching and their uh-huh. filters. Yeah, yeah. You Have you ever seen the um, everything's frequency, right? So different emotions and feelings hold frequency. Have you ever seen that chart that shows the different emotions mm-hmm. and what frequency they are? No, I haven't. Shame's like the lowest. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's like crazy. Like maybe 60, where joy, happiness, enlightenment uh-huh. is like 600. Yeah. So shame is really like it's the and lowest. I, I don't know why that those lessons, what I was learning in the church brought that out in me, but I would cry about it. And I would be like, if this is such a great church, why do I feel so 
guilty. So shame is a, something that's a constant with every Mormon, every Mormon. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so what if, and I'm just putting this out there for you and for everyone that's listening, what if part of the religion that has been constructed to entangle people into their religion is mm -hmm. let's make them feel guilty and shame within the doctrine so mm -hmm. that they continue to choose in, pay mm -hmm. their tithes, do the things so that they can become enter worthy. heaven. Yeah. Yeah. What if? Yeah. You know, and sometimes these what ifs are... But it makes... If, then you get start getting feel betrayed yeah. and angry. And, but if you're an active Mormon, you're like, you're like, well, they make me feel better, but they don't. But they... But it... But... But you think it makes you happy, but it doesn't make yeah. you happy. I know I had a friend who she was communicating. She didn't grow up Mormon, but she had friends that were Mormon. And she goes, you know what I realized? Every time they'd invite me to church, I would leave church never feeling better. Yeah. Not once. And I thought that was a really interesting perspective because I grew up on the Mormon church yeah. is what I knew. And at the podium, they're like, church makes me feel so loved and so amazing. And so you're kind of conditioned to be like, church made me feel good today. Yeah, and maybe that was true for them. I would. Uh -huh. I, my question would be: Do they do they still feel good about themselves when they leave? Yeah, and the next day, and the rest of the week, and yeah. who knows? Yeah, and for everybody, because to each their own. You mm -hmm. know, for some people, that's really that is their safe place. They really do find nourishment and joy, and that's great. Mm -hmm. And religion, at the end of the day, was a construct created by a man. Yeah, not God. Yeah, and not Jesus. Mm -hmm. Jesus actually. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> yeah, I was just, I was, um, I was getting into more about Jesus with Gabby the other day, and there's a lot. There's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Mm -hmm. Was there anything else you'd like to share? Um, well, with the advice thing, what I was getting at is just like you are good. You know, yeah. it's not you. It's because I would I would go to people and I would be like, why do I feel so guilty? And they'll be like, they'd be like, I don't know, because we're teaching you to you're we're teaching you to feel good about yourself. So why do you feel guilty? Which would make you feel more guilty. Yeah, which makes you more shame. And so, but that's what I was literally told. Cause I, I had that question. Um, and then it makes you feel more shame, but I feel like what would be really helpful for my little self to know back then is like it's not you. Yeah. You you are good. Just saying you are good feels good because I don't know. Well, and there's a mantra. I was just writing about this in a course that I'm creating, but there's a mantra that I feel like is helpful here, especially with this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And that is what's yours is yours. What's mine is mine. Mm -hmm. And it's that idea of not taking on these other things that people are putting on to you of whatever it is, whether it's a lesson or whether it's some advice some parent gave you saying, yeah. well, we're teaching you good. So I don't know yeah. why you're feeling bad. It's right. like, wait a minute. That but has now nothing I feel to do worse. with me. Yeah. That's yours. What's yours is yours. What's mine is mine. Mm -hmm. And and really, you know, it's a continual, what you're learning is how to hone and own your power and your God-given rights, your birth rights of what is yours, which means you, you get to hone your skill of communicating with the divine, whatever that looks like, within you. And mm -hmm. nobody else can do that for you. Nobody else can give you your answers because only you have your filters, your intuition, your mm -hmm. all the things that are uniquely and intimately yours. Mm -hmm. And in that, it's, it's just stunning. You know? Anything else you want to share? I don't think so. Well, thank you. I know it takes a lot of courage to come down here. Yeah, I was so nervous. How are you feeling now? Better. Good. Do you have more love for yourself since you've left? Definitely. Yeah, I can feel that. And it's weird to feel that for the first time since I was like a kid, you know? Yeah. Because for some reason it went away. Feeling it again was really like, whoa, that's what it feels like. Yeah. Because I didn't even know what it felt like. Hmm. So it's like. That's a huge really gift. Cool. Especially when you let go and surrender and you trusted. Yeah. Well, thank you, Savvy, for being brave and having courage to lean in and to step in and share your story. Because as you speak and as you share these things, it helps others. Mm -hmm. I don't care how old people are that are listening to this. You have a lot of wisdom that's coming through and a lot of insight and perspective that is quite stunning. Thank you. So thank you for sharing and being here. 
Thank you, thank you for joining us today and for witnessing this beautiful, beautiful guest. I was truly honored and grateful to spend time with her. And I think that being able to see and witness our youth and our young adults and hold space for them really offers perspective for all of us. So I'm really grateful that she had the courage and she has the strength in her that I think she just is tapping into. And I would bet all of you would agree. So thank you for being here. And again, if you're feeling the call to be on my podcast, reach out. You can reach out to me through social media or through my website, amandajoyloveland.com. My social media on Instagram is amanda.joy.love. If you are looking for a community online, head over to the Facebook group, Empowered Former LDS. This is a really beautiful Facebook group and a high vibe community to support you, to answer questions, just, just offer feedback. It's a really, really beautiful group. And with all of that, I hope that you know that you are loved, that you are not alone, and that there are so many people in this world that are here for you. Sending you all so much love. Thank you.